I don't even remember getting in the car. It felt like I blinked and suddenly we were on the road. Chia driving, Roxanne on the passenger seat, and Shinji and I in the back. It was a, a quiet ride for a while. I think we all just needed some time to recover. But eventually, Roxanne brought down the sun visor to look at herself in the mirror, then frowned and said, mm, Hey babe, can I turn on the light? I'm driving. Literally no one else on the road. Babe. I don't... What if there's a deer? You want me to hit a deer? I mean, I don't want it to happen. But like, you know, baby, life throws curves at you sometimes, and you either follow its course, or you don't get the hint and you crash against the wall. You know, there's a lot of things in this world that I don't want to happen, but they're pretty much out of my control. Uh, and I gotta keep that in mind, because ultimately control is an illusion, and gripping onto it makes change feel overwhelming, to say the least. Both positive and negative. And I don't believe the negative outweighs the positive necessarily at all. So... Don't turn on the light. Can you just tell me if my face held? I can't see anything. You look fine. Fine? Okay. Shinji, can you, you know, do your wings? Don't. Uh, they shine, right? A little. Don't deploy your wings, Shinji. I'm asking because someone went pretty hard with the mind link, and I don't even know why I was crying. But I'm not going to go on a rescue looking fine. I'm just trying to see if my makeup ran off. So girl, help me out here, please. I, I don't know if it's a good idea. His wings are massive. Yeah, they're pretty big. Oh, so it's like full size only. You can't, you know, like scale them down or whatever. Hey, who are you? Okay, sorry. Didn't mean to be rude. I just thought I'd give you a moment. I'm Rabina Range Rover. Dude. Shut up. Nice to meet you. Yeah. You, uh, don't have any small-scale light powers, right? No, not really. Just blood stuff? Just blood stuff. Damn. Can you not use your phone? I ran out of charge. I got a portable battery in the back. Yeah, I know. You... Yeah. Really? I was taking videos. Sorry. Chi, are you mad? No, it's fine. I'm just not in the mindset. So... That was... Katrina's gone. It's not because of Chia. It's my fault. I did it. You can't say that. I changed her. And this wasn't the goddess my father prayed to. This was wrong. I, I broke our connection. I ruined everything. Maybe it's a good thing gives you some time to figure it out. You know, what what you want from Faith. Or if you want it at all. No, I can't. I'm, I need... I'm useless without her. I can't protect people. I'm at anybody's mercy. Girl, you're being dumb. Gods come and go, but you'll always have the First Amendment. Bang, bang. Second Amendment. Wait, what? What's the first one? Freedom of speech. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. We don't have that one right now. Leave the dependency to fanatics, Elio. Faith is a conversation. I don't know if that's true. Hey, what time is it? Like, 4 a.m.? Mm. And just to confirm, the sun rises, I think it's east, yeah? Uh, yeah. Okay, 
cool. So what's that? And Roxanne pointed at a light far up ahead. A massive column of smoke melting in the night. Shinshi? Where's... There. She's probably there, yeah. Well, I was in fact there. As the thought-to-be-dead Joe Marlowe. I mean, I hadn't actually thought about her at all, if I'm honest. And yet suddenly she was here too, in front of me, in the middle of a bridge in New Orleans. And her left hand was engulfed in black mist. It took me a second to figure out it poured out of the weapon she had fired. An old six-shooter that reeked of decay. Come on! Wait, wait, wait! Listen to the harp, you idiot child. I saw Joan adjust her shooting stance as the young witch dragged me away. She raised her arm as the angel sent his entire weaponry against her. Was that an explosion? Babe! Uh, are you okay? This is getting out of control. The wind, it's wailing. I... I don't... I shouldn't drive. You're shaking. We need to get there. New Orleans. Before it's too late. Can any of you take over? Yeah, yeah, I, I can drive. Cool, okay. Let's get you in the back seat. Is she okay? Chia can communicate with minds of any kind. Humans, divine, elemental, blah, blah, blah. She hears them all, she feels their pain, and whatever's going on in New Orleans, it's getting back to her. No. No. Hey, it's okay, babe. I'm here. No. We're gonna be okay. No. Shit. I saw Shinji looking up and followed his gaze to the dozen bright lights in the sky, coming from all directions converging towards our destination. Angels. Chia, we gotta call it. No. They have to be there. Elio, luck is calling you. Calling you there. You have to go. I have to speak with her. Who? Who are you talking about? The Earth. Before she kills us all. Elio, you drive. I'll slow them down. You're just gonna get killed! That's enough angels to take over a country! Let a death god do what he knows. Come on, come on, we gotta go. We got Chi on the backseat and I took the wheel. I watched the lights of Shinji's wing shrink with the distance. I listened to Roxanne gently rocking Chi in her arms and I felt... Little. Still, still, I didn't pray. Joan stood her ground as the angel threw his arsenal at her. She hit every shot, destroying six of his blades as they circled around her and then caught the seventh. Her arm jerked slightly as the angel tried to recall his weapon, but Joan held on, tightening her grip. The angel's wings came down, puncturing the ground where she had stood a second ago. Sword in hand, Joan slipped through the assault and slashed against the golden feathers, searching for an opening. 
and somehow as the exchange went on, John seemed to start moving less. Slower, too, connecting parries and evasions to a single stream of movement, uninterrupted. Joan slammed her weapon against one of the angel's wings, and the blade bounced out of her hands. The angel immediately went for the kill, lunged towards the witch, his defenses down, and Joan crushed his entire ribcage with a kick. A dawn witch has no need for a weapon. The sword had been nothing more than a prop, a bait to lure in her prey. It didn't take long to get an angel's attention. They knew they should have been the only shiny flying things in the sky, and I felt their aura. It reached out to me. They sensed the divine in me, but not the one they knew. And their old man screamed heresy, demanded for it to be punished. I saw one of them slightly deviate from his course, gain altitude, and then dive at me. I dipped immediately, launching myself towards a nearby forest. They were catching up, quickly. Maybe I had waited too long, maybe I, I should have been more careful. But I reached the woods right before them. I dug the tip of one of my wings on a trunk and took a tight right turn. I felt a sharp wind on my back as the angel's feathers barely missed me. I kept moving. I jumped away and dug my wings into another tree and launched myself backwards, eluding a sword throw. I saw a light up above from the corner of my eyes. I sent my wings to latch onto a high branch and pulled myself to the side. The angel's wings sliced the air right where I was a second ago, and their momentum sent them delving into an oak tree. Before he could readjust, my blade struck. Jugular, heart, femoral, all at once and then the light of his wings became blinding. Joan's kick connected and the angel was flung against the bridge. His wings shattered in a flash of light, a beacon that soared towards the sky and gathered storm clouds and lightning. I felt the hair on my neck and arms stand up on my skin. And just like the first time, the old man's eye appeared in the clouds, eclipsing the stars, fracturing the sky. Joan signed a spell with her hands, reached for the skies, but she was no match for that power. The relief I felt. You have no idea. You have no idea. We were all going to be fine. Ellie was here. He had a shield. There was blood everywhere. The timing was immaculate. Ah, so good. Are you okay? Not to rush you, but could you do the thing before we all die? And then you did the wildest thing I've ever seen. 
while Joan was wrestling with Armageddon up above, she didn't even notice you. Me? Not knowing you had lost your powers, saw you grab the necklace from under your shirt instead of summoning your shield and throw said necklace on the ground before stepping on it and saying That would be a really good time. Tempest! What? You are out of your fucking mind. <laughs> Thank you. It worked. Tempest answered. The lightning came down and struck everywhere but around us, diverted by a spell. When we dared look up again, the old man's eye was gone from the sky. Is that... Joan? Tempest? What is she doing here? What are you doing here? Then I saw Joan glance at me. You gotta be kidding me. Will you answer the crown, Marlowe? What is... What's happened to you? What was that? Tempest turned to me, and quietly she said, You've done it. You've doomed us all. It's not lost. Not yet. I can still reach her. Do we know who that is? You found her. A host for rage. What? We did. Tempest hit the ground with her scepter, and a pentacle carved itself at her feet. Bring that girl in the center. Kill anything that comes close. Roxanne and I brought a stumbling chia inside the markings where her and Tempest kneeled together. You can do this. Listen to me. Listen to me. It has to come from joy. Do you hear? There's too many. I hear millions screaming. Their pain is still with her. And yet here you stand. They tried, but they could not kill you, and they never will. There is still joy in this land. Help her remember. Good. Keep going. Follow my lead. Tempest sent her will outward, stabilizing the ground, quieting the wind, giving Chia the space she needed to try and purge the rage out of the earth. Just like she did with me. Elio, where is Katrina? I needed some time. Well, not the best timing, but I guess congratulations and sorry? Bit of both, yeah. You're, 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 you're alive. You're fucking unkillable. I, I love that. Shinji landed right between Elio and I. A large blood stain on his shirt, which I guess he must have forgotten about when he hugged us. Tell me this isn't your blood. No, uh, no, no, not, not a single drop. I just... It, is that... Joan? Wipe that smile off your face before I claw it off your lips. Why is she signing? And next time you find a war prisoner, make sure they can walk before you cut their chains and call it a day, you fucking amateur. Okay, back off. Look out! Can you find me a weapon? On it. Hey, uh, Roxanne, ever shot an angel? I'll try everything once, girl. Fuck it. I stayed back and watched you two run in against Crusaders reinforcements while I took cover behind a torn up car next to Roxanne. The honest Chi and Tempest kept on holding together the seams of our world with just their whispers. Beneath us, I could feel 
the creature's wrath bubbling under our feet. Decades of war and prayers infused into the ground, faith and will congealed into a creature of stone and storms, an elemental so powerful it could destroy humanity in its wake. Roxanne and I tried to lure the angels away from the bridge. I was the bait, the shiny light in the darkness, like those deep sea creatures, and she was, well, she was the gun. Mm, metaphors. Yeah, I don't really know where I was going with that. While Shinji was battling against an angel, slipping through their wings to find an opening, Roxanne fired at the second one approaching. The bullet found its target, and just like the angels before, this one died with the light show. I'm obsessed. Joan and Cece were holding the back line, weaving their spells together in a storm of thorns and claws. The young witch had thrown a small patch of seeds and spores onto the bridge. In seconds, the plants had taken roots, spread and grew around her, tearing apart anyone that came too close. Ahead of us, the Baron, Natalia, and their army jumped into the fray, and we held on as the elements softened around us. And once our protection circle was established, once the first and second wave of Crusaders was pushed back, I stopped hearing Roxanne's rifle. I saw her look for a target up left and right, then lower her weapon. Nothing. Did we get them all? No. They just stopped approaching. What about that one? Roxanne looked through her visor, where I pointed, then asked, Hey, uh, how many wings do they usually have? Two. Yeah, because this one has six. Does it mean anything? Yeah. <clears throat> that would be the Emperor. <laughs> Wait, he just threw something. Is that... Oh. Oh, oh shit, get down! I didn't see a shield. I saw a fucking meteorite sent towards us like a heat-seeking missile. Pretty sure that thing would have shattered the entire bridge and sent us down the river if it, if it went for Tempest. She caught this massive Aegis right before impact. The aftershock alone was enough to throw us onto the ground. This is long overdue. Kill him, and there will be another one. He'll be a martyr. If there must be another, we'll deal with him as well. And Tempest vanished. In a cloud of mist, she reformed away from the bridge above her enemy and called down lightning. But the Emperor was a titan. Almost three meters tall of armor carried by wings twice as large. And in both hands, instead of wielding dual blades, he carried shields, two massive steel blades with sharpened edges. As lightning struck, the Emperor turned to the sky and threw his second shield. Electricity bounced off the metal as the Emperor called back his first weapon and sent it hurling towards Tempest. The Queen dodged the first one and tried to bounce off the second with the scepter, but either she underestimated the Emperor's strengths or overestimated hers, but the clash of weapon threw her slightly off balance as the Titan dove from the sky. His six razor-sharp wings collided against the diamond wall, a dome that closed around Tempest at the last of the moment, and the earth trembled. 
Make it stop! Make it stop! Chia, what's going on? Chia. Give it. That's not fucking helping! Shiji, Talia, with you. What are we doing? These are our people as well, Chia. Buried in this land. This burden is ours too. This doesn't sound like a good idea. No more tragedies, Chia. Who's going to be the one to, you know, manage to put it in words? We were one. I think it might be as simple as that. Chia connected our minds together, delved into our memories, our history, our ancestries even. And with everything that we were, we embraced the land's wrath, our ancestors' pain and suffering. Together we could forge into something new. We faced the land's wrath and we realized we had been living with it already since the day we left home, finding joy despite that, building it with each other. Alone, it was overwhelming. But together we could make sense of it. We were each other's anchors. From all around, the dormant power within the land converged to us, looking for a vessel to let loose its rage. The power thundered, the dam broke, and the rapids came. The three of us braced ourselves, ready to protect our minds from the onslaught. But Chia went with it, slipped into the undertow and swirled through the whirlpools. Her entire life she had listened to the voices trapped in the earth. She knew their hurt, their hopes, their tricks and their lies. She could not only swim through the flood, with our help she could control its tide. She became the host of rage. And through her, so did we. She unearthed every secret, every expertise and wisdom we had accumulated. She called upon blood and bone. She shaped matter out of light. And she encased our bodies into red armor, covered every inch of us like a second skin, bound by skeletal plating. And where a second ago there was nothing, I felt my fingers close around the hilt of a weapon. A sword as light as the air, shining a soft pink. Elio called upon a sword, Talia a spear, and Chia a pair of tomahawks. I deployed my wings and took to the sky. One way or another, we would have. Tempest went toe-to-toe -to -toe against the Titan. She fractured the ground and diverted the river. She sharpened blades of wind, ice, and crystal, but everything she threw at the Emperor broke against his shields. As Tempest reformed once more, a spell on the edge of her lips, she was suddenly thrown to the ground. A shield's edge dug halfway through her hips. 
Each successive anchoring was always slower than before. It was just a matter of time before the Emperor could sense her through the mist. Tempest let out a bloodied cough, struggling to heal as the shield dug deeper in her flesh. Pushed to the limit of her abilities, Tempest reached for a forbidden rhyme. Her body mutated, her bones readjusted to the creation of a new organ, a pouch of flammable gas connected to a small conduct of bioelectricity. Fuel and a spark. You've spilled the blood of a dragon's daughter. You'll kneel and cower! You'll die! Fire! Fire! And Tempest unleashed hell. A torrent of fire that burned off half of the Emperor's face before he could protect himself, scorching Tempest's throat and withering her healing abilities. Until the spell collapsed on itself. Weak and stumbling, the Emperor dragged his shield along as he approached the Queen and reached for her crown. At the last second, he brought his shield up as Joan landed right between them and fired. The bullet went through the Emperor's shield and lodged itself in his arm, forcing him to step back. Joan brought the wounded queen in her arms and jumped away, hoping to put as much distance between her and the Emperor, giving Tempest precious seconds to recover. But before the Titan could go after them, Shinji fell from the sky. I heard Talia's spear screeching through the air, and the Emperor deployed his wings to jump away, where Elia was waiting for him. My blade found a weak point between the armor plates but drew next to no blood. Slicing against the leather-thick skin, I jumped back to dodge the Emperor's wings and got hit by a flying shield instead, pinning me against the ground. The Emperor tried to follow up, but was forced to duck under Talia's spear, then block an axe throw from Chia. He tried to fly off, but my wings drew him back onto the ground. We were in perfect sync. We knew exactly what to do. As the three of you kept harassing him, kept him from healing off Tempest Burns, I jumped back, gathered my wings, and took to the sky. I felt both Elia and I snap into focus, looking up to predict Shinji's trajectory. Still battling the Emperor, Chia suddenly took a kick to the stomach and was thrown back a few meters. The Emperor went after her, determined to push his advantage, when Elia and I basically tackled him. It was clumsy, at best. Brute force, no finesse, just immobilize him for a second. He would have shrugged us off the next moment, but a second was enough for Shinji. And the six blades of his wings pinned the Emperor to the ground. Talia tore the helmet off his face as Chia jumped back into the fray. She landed right by the Emperor's head, brought her hands to his temples. into his mind. We heard it through Chia, the inside of the Emperor's head, the raging voices and the fear he called faith, the fear of an ever-watching god, of hellfires and damnation, the fear he could only quiet in blood and horror, 
and killing the evil he saw in others for his own salvation. But she knew about fear. She was the daughter of a people cheated, betrayed, forced to hide in their own land. She knew fear better than anyone else, and to her this was nothing. She could have shattered the Emperor's mind from the inside, the ghost of her past still calling for vengeance louder than anything else. But she didn't. Instead, Chia reached for joy. She reached for pride and courage and forged an iron will in the fires of rage instead of letting it consume her. She pulled strange stories and laughters from her ancestors. She pulled love from her own memories, from the embrace of her family and the smile of Roxanne. And deeper still, from the light of the sun, the moon and the stars, from the summer wind and the quiet snow, from everything she found beautiful and never questioned. For every gentle thing was part of the answer. Chia found the divine in everything and offered it with open arms. She went against the chaos, her steps guided by wonder, and found the man in the eyes of the storm. And she grabbed onto him until he remembered what it's like to be held and forgot everything else. Humming a lullaby to the man he had shackled, she chased the cruel spirits away from his bed. In a world he had forgotten, the man opened his eyes, and for a moment he said nothing. He reached for Chia and smiled, his bloody fingers drawn towards her face. She leaned away instinctively, and a shadow obscured the man's eyes. Fear, guilt, despair, whatever it was, Chia sensed it, and brought his hand back to them. The man relaxed and exhaled deeply. His eyes turned towards the river as he bled out on the ground. It's beautiful here. So quiet. He smiled again, faintly, as the light of dawn struck the water. I think I'll go for a swim later. It's been so long. And there died the man that for almost a century we called the Holy Emperor. The bones and arms melted off my body, and I fell down to my knees, next to Chia. Is it... is it over? weird to look back on now yeah it doesn't feel real yeah how it could have gone so wrong so many times oh and it did but pat yourself on the back boys we somehow failed our way to uh success survival the five keys to success how to wreak havoc on two continents and end the crusaders a best-selling self-help book number one is find find and befriend the nearest lesbians that's the whole list yeah that'll do it yeah they'll fix it don't worry yeah just chill after that. <laughs> we didn't really get to chill after that, though. 
after the Emperor died. In the aftermath, Joan tended to Tempest's wound, and the both of them returned to the old land after a couple days, bringing Cece along with them as a sort of ambassador for the Daughters of Salem. They came back a few days later with an entire unit of the SCU, which got us a bit tense, but all they seeked was to establish new diplomatic relations following the dissolution of the Holy States. But the death of the Emperor didn't mean the work was done. The old man had countless bodies to be reborn from. Luckily, though, when a prophet disappears, there's usually a decent amount of bickering between their followers, so Crusaders made it a bit easier for us. We stayed in New Orleans for the first few weeks, helped rebuild and tend to the wounded. Chia rallied the free tribes and covens, as well as the drowned folks and the path. Thanks to her gift, she could navigate perfectly between these different factions, building new alliances and friendships, building a union, still growing to this day. But I knew it wouldn't stay for long. I still had to promise to keep, after all. Which leads us to the main reason we've been recording this. The message in Samar's swords. Hello, I hate doing outros, but here we are. Thank you so much for listening to Desperado. <laughs> Special thanks to Alex Simmons, who voiced the Holy Emperor this episode. Thanks to all of you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this season, and if you have, please consider leaving us a review on Podchaser or Apple Podcast. Rate us wherever you can. It's what kept this show growing, and we're so, so glad we got to do another season with your support. I hope we can return to tell the last chapter of this story, uh, but in the meantime, I wish you all the best. And th that's it, that's the outro, baby. Wait, no, it's not. We actually got one last show to tell you about. This week, it is Where the Stars Fell, a story about Dr. Edison Tucker, who is having a very weird life. Not being able to die tends to color things that way. Luckily, though strange and unusual is something of her specialty, and Ed set her sight on the strangest town in America, Jerusalem, Oregon. Between an eccentric housemaid, quirky townsfolk, and the mysteries lurking just beyond the tree line, Ed's going to find the answer she's been searching for. She just might not be ready for what finds her. If you'd like to hear more, we've attached their trailer. This is routine update log number six for Dr. Edison Tucker concerning my research into the town of Jerusalem, Oregon, and the existence of the supernatural, paranormal, mythological, etc., etc., blah, blah, blah. Anyway, since arriving, I've definitely encountered some stuff that could be classified under weird ass. I mean, where else does putting lamb's blood on people's doorways actually work as pest control? And nobody in town will talk to me about the picnic area near Lincoln's farm. Although, could be because everybody thinks I'm one of those monster hunting idiots. Which I'm not, okay? I am an experienced professional who takes my work extremely seriously, and I am going to prove this if it's the last thing I ever- Although, to be honest, I think the biggest mystery on my hands is how I'm going to survive living with Lucille Kensington, stuck-up extraordinaire. So, if you guys don't hear from me again, it wasn't something in the woods that got me. Probably. Where the Stars Fell. Available now wherever podcasts are found.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Desperado. This week we have the pleasure to introduce Adigail Stewart as Roxanne, Robin Regalado as Chia, and Sarah Passos as the Academy Evaluator. Joan is played by Emma Blackley-Peach, Nessa by Georgia McKenzie, Cece by Mei Konishi, Elio is played by Sami Suisi, Talia by Tami Ige, Shinji by Tibet Boya, Asher by Patrick Hutchinson, Samdi by AJ Bediako, La Catrina by Carolina Hoyos, Tempest by Sofia Ingar, and Caleb by Reese Downing. And a huge thank you to Brad Colbrook for dialogue editing this episode. We would not have been able to make this show without them. If you'd like to know more about Desperado, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Desperado underscore radio, on Tumblr at Desperado Podcast, or on the Hug House website, where you can also find all our transcripts. <laughs>